Hello and welcome back to Building Wealth on the Go, podcast by KLT Wealth Management. Today is May 23rd, 2023, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 5 of our podcast. I'm your host, Brad Wilson, joined by my colleagues, Courtney Beach and Joe Filiameni. Fresh off a long weekend where the weather's still cold, as it usually is uh, after May long weekend, uh, but back with a podcast as we're approaching the end of the month here, uh, heading into, believe it or not, June. 2023 is just rolling right along. And uh, yeah, we're approaching some some big news, big headlines here in uh, in the world that you're probably seeing, especially south of the border. We've got some big U.S. debt ceiling uh, headlines as we're approaching what has been said as the deadline there as of June 1st. So Courtney, why don't you dive a little bit into what exactly is the debt ceiling and why are we talking about it? Right. So the U.S government is paid their bills are paid by the u.s treasury they're the ones that manage the tax dollars coming in and are paying all their employees and all these programs they got going on and they have what's called the debt ceiling so in order to pay the bills the taxes aren't always enough or at least they don't have the income steadily through all the years so they have to take on debt in order to pay these bills and programs and they have a cap on how much debt they can take on, which is called the debt ceiling. Now, they didn't always have a debt ceiling. It was something instituted during the First World War to kind of curb the spending that wars incur, like building uh, arsenal, paying their army and stuff. And they still have it. There's debate on whether or not they should continue having it because every so many years we have this whole back and forth between the two parties. But... They have come to uh, a point again where they are, their bills are going to put them over that threshold. And so now the two parties have to come to agreement to sort of move that debt ceiling up. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because I feel like we don't really hear about it that often. You know, and the last time they raised it was 2021 because they spent a ton of money during COVID, right? right trying to stimulate the economy. But now all of a sudden it seems to be this contentious issue and the parties seem to be far apart. There's a lot of posturing going on. It becomes more of a political game, I think, than anything else. Well, yeah, and they have to come, when they come to the screaming, it's not a clear cut, okay, this is what we're going to raise the ceiling by. Everyone wants to get their little side bills in. That's how the U.S. politics work is they, the bills never clean as in, okay, we want to raise the debt ceiling and that's all that's in it. No, there's always that, these extra little hanger-oners that they tack in. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And it's not just for this bill, it's for everything. And so that's where the back and forth comes between. Now there is, some people would probably think, okay, why do they have to keep increasing it? Part of it is inflation, mm-hmm. you know, because what would cover the expenses of World War One, it would not, would be far less than yeah. what it would be today. But also, you know, that's part of the debate is are they spending too much money as well? Yeah. So I, I think it puts a threshold just like our, you know, our household budgets, right? Mm-hmm. Puts a threshold as to the point of debt that we want to accumulate. And as a, uh, you know, as a nation, the U.S. wants to have that. And and I think they would end up keeping it because you're right. They use it as a p- political, you know, a tennis ball, mm-hmm. right? And, and, it, and it forms part of the, of the negotiations back and forth for various bills that both parties are trying to push through. Says, you give me this, I'll give you that that we can lift this, uh, you know, debt ceiling. Uh, ultimately, if they don't lift the debt ceiling, 
then technically the U.S. can go into default, default. right? That you know, and uh, and so we're we're pretty much assured that you know the likelihood of that happening, you know, is is pretty slim that they would actually go into a default. Maybe a technical default, but mm -hmm. well, boy, if the U.S. goes into bankruptcy, <laughs> where, we're all where's, where's Canada? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they said is that you know, you know the. The, re the repercussions of this aren't light. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's very severe. It could throw the whole global economy when you've got arguably the world leader, the biggest economy in the world out there defaulting on its debt. Yeah. You know, that's going to send ripple effects through every single economy across the globe and being, you know, so closely tied to the U.S. right into Canada and mm -hmm. easily into a recession. Well, everybody's watching it because the U.S. dollar is the world trade. That's what every... Yeah every country uses to do their trade so if it goes under that's not a good thing for anyone basically no no i i thought what was really interesting if you kind of dig a little deeper okay they they raise the threshold of borrowing mm -hmm. so now technically they can borrow more money mm -hmm. in order to pay their bills right so how does a nation borrow money so T-bills. T-bills, yeah. Mm -hmm. Basically, they issue bonds and uh, organizations, institutions buy their bonds and stuff. And now we're in a higher interest rate environment. So, you know, there is a case to be made that I can buy a U.S. Treasury bond at this value. And then it has to compare to, let's say, a particular company that's out there and buy their bond. So then I think what will end up happening is you'll see yields start to increase for corporate bonds mm -hmm. because it has to appeal more to uh, someone willing to take more risk as opposed to going with a, a U.S. Treasury bond. Yeah, so it has an impact. Yeah, and on that hand too, if people are focusing more on the bonds, uh, whether it's corporate or the T-bill, they're paying less attention to the stocks. And the values of companies that are issuing these bonds, you know, if they have a bunch of debt and they have to pay more interest rate, their stock prices aren't as, you know, attractive. Yeah. I think important to note, Joe, kind of on your topic there, that there is sort of a, a different level of, of risk associated with various bonds out there, debt vehicles, right? So corporate bonds are historically known to be more risky than government government bonds. Government's supposed to be safe, although here we're talking about the government defaulting. Yeah, so how safe, how safe is it, really? But, uh, you know, historically speaking, government you know, is safe because what they can do, unlike a lot of corporations, is they can say, well, we'll just take on more debt, no problem, mm -hmm. right? And everybody's okay and happy with that. You know, there is some, you know, um, uh, fallout from this, you know, they could be credit rating, credit agencies reassessing their debt load and, you know, their ability to repay it. So there could be some rating, you know, adjustments or whatnot. But generally speaking, those are the safest and you usually get the least amount of yield for the safest investment you exactly. get a higher yield or higher return for a riskier investment so like you said there may be some sort of balancing in the marketplace specifically in the fixed income market yeah and then two on your point of them lowering the credit rating if they do issue too much a high of a debt ceiling and they're creating rating decreases that means they have to pay more, pay more. in rates higher rates for their t-bills too yeah. so this is this delicate 
tightrope they're trying to walk right now. So the, the fallout, we really don't know what's no. going to happen from this, right? You know, there's a lot of posturing and it likely comes up to the 11th hour and they either come to a deal or, you know, what they can do, which is what they did through COVID, mm -hmm. is they essentially said, we're going to do a temporary pause. There's, the debt ceiling doesn't exist temporarily until we can figure it out because we need funding because effectively if they you know default tech as technically speaking default there's no social security payments going out there's no uh, financial aid resources medicare all these different social programs are just no longer going to be funded and plus when you call the way and they hand your number you're not going to get anybody yeah, yeah. nobody's going to be there nobody's going to be working so there's there's a big fallout there so the as you said the likelihood of that actually happening is very slim mm -hmm. but um there's going to be some sort of fallout from this it's just a matter of what and how big does that look like on kind of the grand scheme of things what's interesting is is the market effect on it like mm -hmm. right now it seems like the market's just kind of shrugging it off yeah the whole issue i think we're talking about it more than the actual market is kind of pricing it in right now yeah we seem to still be on this uptrend uh now granted it's only been like a handful of of actual investments or stocks or companies yeah. that have been going up but by the same token you know people are seem to be happy with the way the market has been going up and i think mm -hmm. it's important to note that the market went up in january and it's been relatively flat ever since you know mm -hmm. there was a small uptick there uh throughout but the market was up about four four and a half five percent in january and it's only been up maybe one percent since then right mm -hmm. so altogether year uh, month to date looking at the market as we're filming this today uh we're flat for the month of may mm -hmm. right so you know you know we're 23 days into may and the market's flat mm -hmm. so um i think there's a lot of kind of a bit of a holding pattern that we're in right now like we've kind of touched on before almost waiting for a shoe to drop whether it's the yeah. net ceiling whether it's inflation whether it's what we, whatever it may be the markets are kind of on edge a little bit and not sure where, where to go um and we've seen a lot of companies that you know got hit really hard last year had some decent bounce back this year mm -hmm. but everything else is kind of in limbo mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of where we sit and you know there will be some effect from this there is so there will be some reactionary effect to this debt ceiling no matter what happens mm -hmm. um depending on how investors feel about the outcome of whatever deal is struck or whatever pause is put on mm -hmm. that debt ceiling so Will be interesting to watch as we kind of enter the month of June. Yeah, and just to put figures on it, the U.S. debt ceiling is currently at thirty-one point four trillion dollars, and Canada does have a debt ceiling too, but it's small. It's one point four one trillion. <laughs> so that's the kind of dollars they're negotiating right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big, big, big budget. It's, it's a big budget. It's a big budget. I know. And stuff. So yeah. I think ultimately, too, with the markets, you know, I think inflation is still you know, at the forefront of, of everybody's mind, like getting that inflation down, um, you know, and, and how do you get it down? Like you're increasing interest rates on the borrowing costs so that it kind of curves people's spending habits. But are we curving? Are we are we spending less? <laughs> well, not likely, I don't think. It doesn't seem like it's coming down yeah, in well, certain areas, right? Well, exactly. And, and that's kind of our next sort of topic is discussing sort of wages, jobs, and inflation. And, um, you know, like you said, there is that resilience we're kind of seeing despite, you know, okay, inflation is down, but it's still 4.5%, yeah. right? And, you know, that's nowhere near where we want to be. It's more than double what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, sure, it's not 8% that we saw, you know, last year and whatnot but we're still pretty high so like inflation rose uh above expectations was 0.3 percent higher than expectations in april in um in canada and it went up it's mm. actually it was 4.3 
in, in March, it went up to 4.4. So we actually saw a, an increase in inflation for the first time since June of 2022. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, they've done all these rate hikes and whatnot. But yeah, where are we? We're, we're going back in the other direction now. So. Yeah, it's a long-term effect with, with inflation too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like I think, you know, as, as families, you know, they, they're feeling it. For sure. But, you know, they still got a job. They're still working. They're still making it work. At some point in time, it comes to a cash crunch too, right? Yeah. With their interest rates or when maybe when their mortgage comes due and then that payment goes up. But certainly we're seeing it across the board on the utilities and gas and, and food costs is probably the biggest. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the, the things to look at is the retail sales came out for March. And one of the fascinating things is that, you know, uh, car fuel cars all that was down you know you know one and a half percent but hobby expenses music books sporting goods all that rose now granted we are entering the springtime so yeah. you know you may have an aspect yeah. but the fact that there is money in these high rate environments to be able to spending that money mm -hmm. on those you know you could say discretionary sort of spending right that we're seeing that still that could be putting pressure. And I think part of the pressure we're seeing is uh, wages and employment is still very, very strong. Yeah. You know, we're at the point now where wage growth is higher than inflation, meaning you're making, you're getting 5% raises, but inflation is only going up 4.5%. So you're making more than inflation, which means you've got more money in your pocket, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there has to be some sort of offset there. And that could be part of the reason we saw maybe a bit of an uptick there the last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely you know on everybody's mind for sure. And as as we kind of gear into the summer months, I, I still think that there's a bit of of um, uh, I'm going to do it anyways type of an attitude. You know, we're still getting that effect of like you know during COVID we weren't able to do anything, and now you know last year and now this is our second summer to say, okay, well, I am going to spend some money. I am going to go to the cottage. I am going to travel. Mm -hmm. Like travel is like really picked up. So I think people are just saying, I'm going to spend it now mm -hmm. rather than wait, because I don't know what's, what's going to happen in the future. And it, it's, a, it's a way to, you know, to, to manage your life, you know, uh, enjoy it today because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. I think that COVID really brought it out in people, this, you know, YOLO lifestyle, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you don't know, are yeah. we going to go in lockdown again, right? No one thought that five years ago, that's something we would be doing. Well, exactly. But it's I think still around, right? COVID yeah. is still happening. Well, right? it, it, it has officially know. been downgraded. It's no longer a global emergency, right? It's no longer a pandemic. Um, so I think this is the first summer we're entering where that's the case mm -hmm. since, you know, mm -hmm. 2019. It's the first summer in four years that we're going into it and it's not a pandemic summer, right? So I think you're right from that aspect of things. I think there's lots um, of, you know, potential for, you know, travel expenses and whatnot and people exploring, but like it, it all rolls back to people are making money. People have jobs this is and it. the companies are obviously still doing well enough or haven't hit the breaking point where they need to lay off lay off mm -hmm. people yeah. or realize they're spending too much money or feel the pinch of their loans and that's where the bank of canada has to reassess and say well maybe we haven't gone high enough maybe we do need to hike rates more mm -hmm. and there is a meeting coming up in june and you know there's a few analysts that have poked their heads out of the, the woodworks since we saw that inflation tick up in april and said maybe a 25 you know basis point hike is needed in in june 
right? And so maybe that's something we see. Yeah, but I've also read reports that Bank of Canada knows that Canadians are hurting and that any more rates is, you know, could have some pretty big consequences for some Canadians. So we'll see. This is it. It's that balancing act we talked yeah. about. Like, where do I want, how far do I want to go before it starts tipping? And we want a kind of a, a slow tip right you yeah. know a, a nice sort of if you can call it a nice sort of recessionary period mm -hmm. if, if there's such a thing but you don't want something drastic and they're trying to kind of measure that as, as mm -hmm. close as possible and it's difficult it's difficult because there's all kinds of influences that are out there yeah the one interesting thing is you are seeing um mortgage rates go back up you're seeing fixed mortgage rates go higher expecting mm -hmm. rates are going to be higher for longer mm -hmm. expecting potentially another rate hike um, and I think just with these numbers, you're seeing, you know, whether it's this month or next month or down the road, there is more of a more of a chance now than there was a month or two ago that we mm -hmm. would see another rate hike and definitely longer, you know, higher rates for longer, like they keep saying. And, you know, I think there's still a lot of people that believe we'll see rate cuts this year. I'm, you know, currently personally think it's hard for us to see that just because of where we're at right now, unless there is a drastic shift through the summer and into the early fall, mm -hmm. right? That we really get everything under wraps here. Yeah. And we're still seeing pressures for inflation to rise. Yeah. Too. Like just in, I mean, the, the debt ceiling isn't the only thing that's happening in this case. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They're, yeah. they're the talk of the town, but like, the one case is Florida and a lot of their undocumented workers are leaving Florida, going somewhere else, trying to protect themselves and their families, and no one's picking up the slack. So you got construction sites empty, you've got farmers fields empty. Mm -hmm. So either they're going to have to pay local workers more or it's not going to get done. And so that means that price of all the goods that would come here are going to be higher. Yeah, including food. We get a lot of food from Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fruits and vegetables. And so. it's that season for it too, right? And I think, you know, you, you look at like whether it's right or wrong, mm -hmm. there was a lot of, you know, undocumented and, you mm -hmm. know, you get illegal immigrants, right, that yeah. are in that province being so or in that state being so close to to mexico and mm -hmm. um a lot of them you know unfortunately it's cheap labor right yeah. for these companies these farming uh you know farmers down there these corporations construction mm -hmm. a couple industries like that and so you know that all does have a ripple effect as well and they've mm -hmm. just signed the bill and now that'll make it a lot more difficult to you know be paying and having staffing and a lot more dangerous for those those people and their families so yeah there is a ripple effect yeah that. and there's that's just one case there's a lot of other Lots things of them, yeah. <laughs> that we might be a while before inflation comes down to the yeah. point we want that yeah. two that magical two and three percent <laughs> yeah yeah maybe we should maybe we should leave like our uh listeners with um with some some points on financial planning i think this is where uh, these times where you know your your financial planning uh, and reviewing your financial plan makes a lot of sense. And, mm -hmm. and some, some key points I, I, I see, you know, is continue to watch your cash flow, mm -hmm. you know, your spending as you normally do. And I don't necessarily, you know, recommend, you know, tightening right up, but like, you know, you, you do have to enjoy life, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you got to kind of manage and kind of look ahead. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the financial planning part is, like, is kind of look ahead. Hey, my mortgage is coming due in a year or two years. And what's that going to look like, you know, and maybe I should do something today to help me for tomorrow. 
right? And yeah. so I think I think the listeners should, uh, you know, um, uh, talk to their financial planner basically and, and have those discussions because I think now is the time to have those discussions mm-hmm. and to develop your plan. I would agree. Cash flow, whenever the I talk, pocketbooks get smaller yes. <laughs> is a time to look at your cash flow yeah. because if you can manage your cash flow in times like this, when yeah. times are good, you're that much that, further that's ahead. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I think... Uh, like part of, like you said, Joe, with the mortgages, being that we're in such a high interest rate environment, if anybody, you know, had mortgages that they got um, either just before COVID or early in COVID when rates dropped significantly and they locked in to three, four or five years, the next two, you know, next one to three years is when all those mortgages are coming due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, look ahead one to three years. And if you've got a mortgage at, you know, less than 4%, I'd even say, right, then, you know, even less than three, I think a lot of mortgages were probably under three, three and a half percent. But um, look at that and say, okay, maybe, you know, that's, we're in a good spot right now, our cash flow is good, and we're, we can save some money, put some money aside, you know, there's lots of strategies. When your mortgage comes due, you put all this money in savings, there's good opportunities to get good savings rates and whatnot now, that you can then use that money to lump sum on a, on a, on your mortgage when it comes due for renewal. And then you've got mm-hmm. less mortgage that you're renewing, which may keep your payments similar because everyone's payments are going to go up unless you extend the amortization or you reduce the amount owing. Yeah. Right? And kind of along those lines, you'll have to check the fine print of your mortgage, but a lot of mortgages have an option where on the anniversary, you can put a little more and not get penalized for it. So look into the the details of your particular mortgage and if you have a, just a little bit extra it will pay off yeah it goes a long way yeah yeah even extra like a hundred dollars a month yeah very very simple mm-hmm. and uh, some allow those double up payments and whatnot so mm-hmm. that's again something to reach out to your broker um you know or your 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 mortgage advisor as well on that yeah. front. so that's there's lots you can do in these environments i think yeah. the big thing is like you know Take that time to sit down. It's more of like a stress test, right? Like stress test everything. Look at where you're going to be in a couple of years. If things stay in the in these tight financial, you know, markets with high interest rates and whatnot, what can you do? You know, what, what can you do to take advantage of increasing your savings, reducing your debt load, and still ma- managing to maintain a, you know, an enjoyable lifestyle. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing at the end of the day. So I think um, as we kind of tail towards the end of this podcast, let's take a look and kind of discuss what is the market outlook right now, right? What are we kind of forecasting as we enter into June? And then well, uh, everyone goes away for the summer. So uh, pack up, close your eyes and hope it looks good when you come back in uh, September. And, uh, you know, what, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. But the idea has always been like sell in May and go away, <laughs> right? And stuff. But I think there's going to be a lot happening in the markets over mm-hmm. the summer period and stuff. So uh, I think the sentiment is going to be very cautious moving forward based on a lot of the analysts that we've been talking to and portfolio managers, it seems like everybody's taking a caution stance. Yeah. You know, the markets have been, you know, somewhat sideways or slightly up, you know, in in, in a core, a few core companies, but by the same token, everybody is going to kind of take a a wait and see approach. So, uh, so I, I bet on caution. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a good place to be right now. I think there's a lot of potential, I think there's more potential for negative outcomes than there are for positive outcomes mm-hmm. in the state because you know we forecasted a lot of positive news into the markets. A lot of that seems to be priced in from what we're seeing and hearing. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, we'll be interested to watch, but yeah, we kind of are leaning towards a little bit more caution as we enter these next few months. And we'll be interesting to talk next podcast about what is the fallout from all this, right? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a lot about looming deadlines and upcoming news, Bank of Canada meeting, uh, you know, the um, the U.S. debt ceiling. All of that will be we'll have an, some answers to mm-hmm. at least come next podcast. So, but in the meantime, uh, in the next couple of days, we have an event uh, here in New Hamburg with our chief investment officer, Larry Berman. Uh, we'll be here to uh, answer questions on the market, discuss some of the uh, investment strategies that we have here with him uh, through Q Wealth. And uh, yeah, so if you are interested, you can go to kltwealth.ca, our website, check out all the information about registering for this free event. You can get your tickets there. So thank you all for listening or watching this podcast and we'll see you next time. Thank you.